Hey, what's up? So we finally got the second conversation and Leanne and I were unable to finish our last conversations due to technical difficulties and time. So with this one, uh, it's the same length, but we got into it a little bit more. We've become friends and we were able to finally finish this third date conversation because that was bugging me for a while and I know it's bugging you as well. So we got that out of the way. First thing, I didn't waste any time I needed to know exactly what happened. And from there, we just started going at it, uh, figuring each other out and uh, figuring out some relationship questions. I didn't really hold back too much. I wanted to be respectful, but also kind of ask some questions, you know, on like why things happen. Uh, and then also be a little bit vulnerable in my speech as well, letting the listeners know kind of some of my faults um, and how they've played in line with Leanne's life. So hopefully this episode entices you to uh, follow, rate, comment, and leave a like and a review. Um, I do appreciate that across all platforms. And please enjoy your listen. This is Rob Childs with A Fighter's Story. How long would you like it to go for? Uh, you know, we'll, we'll wing it. We got to finish this story. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I figured we'll just kind of wing it. And then if we start talking too long and you want to stop it, just let us know. But I hit record. And the biggest thing that we stopped talking about, and I genuinely have not stopped thinking about it, was we <laughs> so... We had for our the listeners that are coming in on the second version of this, I definitely implore you to go back to the first and listen to that because uh, this is going to be an extension of our first conversation. So this will be the second half that we have not fully planned. Um, kind of working through some technical difficulties last time and some scheduling stuff and and we're back. So we left off with how you met your husband and it seemed like, so I'm trying to remember everything. I'm, I'm trying to make this as genuine as possible. Um, not genuine, <laughs> yes. but yeah, yeah, yeah. So I didn't want to like have things prepared, but you, you met your husband and you didn't think that he was into you. He didn't think yep. that you were into him. And then it was on the third date and then the world shut off and the internet broke and no one knows what happened from there. And so, <laughs> so every, it's like the third date's kind of like a universal, you know, like it's a make or break. Like, is this going to continue? Is it not? And then your internet died. So that's right. That's right. You know, and I was actually talking about how too many people think there has to be fireworks and chemistry. And I want to, jump your bones or something and if I don't then it's not worth it's not worth anything and clearly that did not happen for us um it was very cool calm nice gentle and on the third date we finally kissed that's it just a little kiss it was um after we went for a, a coffee date and um he walked me back to my car and said goodbye and then we had a kiss and it was really nice I thought oh, he actually is into me and I'm into him too. And this was cool. And, and that's when we realised that, okay, this something something more is going to come out of this 
meeting. Uh, and then it just developed from there. And, you know, it took quite a while for him to, to say that he loved me. I think it was, I don't know, maybe seven months into it. Um, you know, he had been burnt before, so he went quite slow with that. And um, Is that slow? Seven months? Well, for yeah. me, it was slow. I was like, come on, man. <laughs> But, you know, for a lot of people, they want to know, like, you know, quite quickly and, and maybe more, it's more the women. They want to know, yeah, you don't say you love me and, and this sort of stuff. And, and they, they want to rush things. So it's important not to rush things. Um, my intuition told me about three months in that he was going to break up with me. I just had this thought pop into my head that said, Grant's going to break up with you. It's like, oh. And I asked him straight up, I asked him, and he said, yeah. Um, and he was scared because things were, were going really well. And he was like, oh, no, this is going too well. I don't know how to handle this. But we talked about it and, and we got through it. And you know, a lot of people are, are afraid of things going well and then they sabotage it. Yeah. Um, yeah. We see that a lot in dating when, when people are like, I don't know what happened. It was going so well. And then he or she just ended it and it doesn't make sense so, so I, got, I got a question i feel like we got a pretty good rapport so i can ask some some questions here okay i feel like throughout my experience we'll call it uh like throughout my life of kind of um being on both sides of the fence of like a good person and, and not so good person i guess in relationships we'll put it um a hundred percent of the times in my experience, women have been correct on their intuition on what is going to happen. Um, I've had quite a few friends um, that are female that have always wondered, you know, like, I feel like he's doing this or, you know, I just, I don't know. And, but like, they're always afraid to, to find out, you know, or to have that question. That's a real thing, right? Like women's intuition, that, that has to be a real thing why do more women not trust that? Or am I just completely not the right sex? Don't understand women at all. I, I don't, by the way, but like, but that's, that's gotta be a real thing, right? It is a real thing. Okay. Men have intuition too, but they don't, they don't work on it. You know, they're not in tune with themselves. Men are more about the physical sense, whereas women are more about emotions the men who slow themselves down and give themselves permission to meditate or talk about their emotions and, and trusting and all of that stuff, they can 100% find, find their intuition as well. We've all got it. Um, we just have to learn how to, to trust it. And a lot of people are terrified to trust their intuition because they are afraid to be lonely. They don't want to rock the boat. Um, they don't want to start a fight, whatever it might be, or that they, they just think, oh, no, no, no. You know, this whole red flag thing, mm -hmm. men see red flags, women see red flags, they ignore them. And this is why relationships don't work out because early on we want it to work so badly that we're willing to ignore the red flags. And then it turns to crap. But if we, we took notice of those red flags right from the beginning, we could save ourselves and our partners so much heartache. 
and um, trusting yourself enough to even bring it up can be really scary. Yeah. How do you go about that? I've wanted to have those conversations before. And the only reason why I didn't is because I was a coward and I was afraid of actually having uncomfortable conversations. So I would just stretch it out, you know, and uh, you're kind of like the proof of the complete opposite of that, because you did have those uncomfortable conversations. You're still married. Um, yeah. You know, so how do you go about like getting over that? And then you now obviously it's paid off for you. Yeah. yeah. If I didn't have that conversation, um, he would have broke up with me and I would not have thought it. I would have went, okay, whatever, you're not ready. So <laughs> the fact that I brought it up made a big difference because if he had said to me, I'm breaking up with you, I would have been too like wounded to, to fight it, I think. I think I would have just went, all right, okay, you, you're not into me. That's terrible. So, <laughs> so the fact that I mentioned it, really saved us yeah but how to how to is it is a tricky one and I wasn't always as trusting of my intuition as I am now it took a lot of therapy probably Mm -hmm. work on myself um, talking to friends talking to clients and realizing that you know what being assertive being open facing your fears really does make huge difference to our lives oh yeah and and, you know taking in a deep breath and asking yourself maybe if i say something it could go this way if i don't say anything what's the consequence of that because you don't know which way it could go it could go great could go terrible it could just let your partner know that i don't trust you there's a niggle inside of me and i don't trust you so watch out buddy um or you could find out the truth. How cool would that be? But if you don't say anything, you're the one left. And when you don't say anything, that builds up a lack of trust, fear. Actually, when you don't say anything, it makes things heaps worse. Yeah. It's like when you don't say something, it's like having a cut and you ignore it and it gets infected and you still ignore it and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. But if you face it, and you get it stitched, even though the stitching is painful, it will get better. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, I've also found that, like, every uncomfortable conversation that I have had um, since I've decided to mature a little bit, um, you know, just even, like, friends or setting boundaries is another uncomfortable conversation for me to have at the beginning. Um, mm. Is they're never as hard as I thought they were. The, the conversations never go the way that I thought in my head. I always go like complete negative. Um, it never goes that way, you know, so it's, they're never as, as difficult as I imagined. Um, so because you had that conversation, you are now with your husband and you had your third date. Not going to lie. I thought, you know, the, the third date was going to have a little bit more bang of a, of a story. <laughs> that's right right it doesn't need to be a big bang yeah no that's just really lovely yeah yeah that's how real life real relationships really go is not everybody comes falling in the door tearing the clothes off and it's that that doesn't happen but that can happen later right you can have that later (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, for sure yeah but (laughs) all right sorry about this this tangent um so 
yeah let's get back on track i guess um so you you had your third date um you guys um, end up working things out um and you're kind of like progressing along throughout the relationship and then kind of where were you going with that i'm sorry that's all right you know there's so many different things that we could talk about we honestly could talk about this for hours and hours and hours but i guess i guess you know what your audience likes to hear is, I suppose, you know, they're about fighters story and fighters stories and getting through tough times and, and learning from that. Yeah. Boundaries is, you know, you mentioned that is one of those things that are super important to getting through tough relationships and, and tough stories, tough times, sorry, tough situations. Because if we if we don't really think about what's important to us then we're going to set ourselves up for failure all the time. You know, there's only so long you can put everybody else above you. There's only so long you can lie to yourself, uh, ignore your own needs. And, it, you know, it gets, it gets exhausting. It gets boring. It gets to the point where you don't know who you are anymore. So these really tough conversations whether it be about our past traumas, you know, stuff that happened to us as a kid or um, things that we've done or near-death experiences or, you know, being in the military, whatever it is, all of those horribly tough conversations are extremely important to have in relationship because all of those things, whether you think they do or not, affect who you are and therefore they affect your relationship. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's boundaries are weird. Um, they're they're difficult to set, I guess. At least, well, for me, um, I feel like some people are very easy at setting those boundaries, and then that can come off as bitchy, um, or you know, like kind of like standoffish of like, what do you mean? Like, you're not okay with me taking advantage of you. You know, and because it's like we've kind of gotten to that place, oddly, to where it's just it's it's like, oh hey, can I ask you a question? And if you say no, they're like, whoa, no, like it was just implied I'm going to, you know, but actually setting boundaries can be difficult for some people, especially in relationships. And you going yeah. from kind of like the negative relationship that you had before your husband. Um mm. every relationship, at least from my no I'm gonna say like every relationship you carry that weight it's like I like to think of life as like a suitcase you know and like mm -hmm. when you kind of you go into a relationship you start to carry this baggage you know with you and sometimes it can be hard going from like one relationship to the next without dumping off that baggage before you get on the next trip you know is oh, that yeah. is that something that you've been that you were able to do then um and then actually and then be able to set those boundaries if you weren't beforehand mm. i had no boundaries in my first marriage <laughs> okay. yeah. um yeah i didn't know really what that meant um then i dated a few people in between meeting my now husband and i had some boundaries but you know i kind of practiced what that meant with with those guys and that was okay. Um, and it's still something I still work on. And I think it's something that we have to work on quite regularly, really, because 
someone else in your life will test you. They'll test your boundaries. It's not, it's not an intentional test, but they will ask you things that, you know, it might be simply simple things like, let's go to Chinese tonight. And you may think, oh, I really don't want Chinese, but you say yes. You know, that's kind of crossing your own sense of what's important to you, what's right. That's a very simple example. Yeah. But learning how to say yeah. no and trusting that it's okay. And if it's not okay, then those people in your life are, are not worthy of you, really. You know, teaching other people how to respect your boundaries, that's, that's really what it's all about. And trusting that if I say no and you don't like it, that's your issue, not mine. Yeah. And if you don't like me because of that, that's also your issue, not mine, because there are plenty of other people out there who do like me and I'd rather hang out with them because they're respecting who I am anyway. Right. Yeah, it's... I don't know. Relationships are they're weird. Um, bound, just everything... I feel like we're supposed to be getting this manual and nobody gives it to us on how to like even communicate with the opposite sex. And we're just both put on this yeah. floating rock to try to figure it out. And yes. for some reason, we're not allowed to just say what's on our mind, even though that's the easiest, like shortcut is just, just at least how I look at it is to be very precise and clear. And yeah. what you want. So I'm, I'm curious before you go on yeah why why are we not allowed to say what's on our mind so <laughs> no I, I like it nobody ever asks me questions um, <laughs> they should uh, it it just it doesn't feel like we're allowed to stick up for ourselves um, and maybe this is just my perception um, mm. and kind of kind of how I feel about things, but it, it doesn't seem like you're allowed to stick up for what you believe in and that individuals are allowed to have their own morals um, mm. and like set of standards and everything and that everything's supposed to be very across the board. We all agree Um and being individualized and sticking up for what you believe in, you stick out more, you create more attention. Mm. And it kind of feels like we've, and I say we as in this crazy country that I'm in, um, have gotten to a place to where attention is not good. Um, if... <clears throat> If you bring attention to yourself, and and I don't mean to say that like for a countrywide, you know, thing or whatever, I've kind of felt this way my entire life. Um, if you bring attention to yourself, it allows for scrutiny. Um, and then you can become the focal point for people to start picking apart. And it's easy to pick apart the one at the top, you know, or the one that's making themselves visible. So it's yeah. just kind of something that it's easier, I guess, to uh, kind of sit in the background. Not it's safer really isn't it yeah yeah exactly and i think you're right when it comes to uh in australia we call it the tall poppy syndrome i don't know if you have that sort of thing where if people are doing well or have an idea of their own they get chopped right down um tall poppy huh? yeah what, what don't is, know. No, so, so yeah what is that 
So what that means is if, if someone is doing really well for themselves, or I guess even if they have an idea that stands out and um, you know they're successful because of it, they'll get pulled down. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah, they'll get they'll get criticized and um, all that sort of thing, judged because mm -hmm. of who they are and what they're trying to say and what they're trying to do. So you know, we've got this nice little title for that here. But taking what you said about not being able to speak up for yourself, what if we kind of brought that right down to a relationship with your intimate person, just the one-on-one -on -one thing? What would it feel like to be able to, this is a question that I'd like everyone listening to think about, feel like to just be able to be completely honest with that one person in your world? And, yeah, there are ways to do it. So sometimes it might be that you kind of formulate it in your mind first and then you might put out a little kind of disclaimer. I've got this weird idea. I've got this thought. Don't think you'll like this. I feel weird, but I really want to tell you this. You know, whatever it is, I want to tell you something, but can you not say anything until I finish because it's a bit awkward? You know, all of these sorts of openers kind of create that sense of intrigue and, oh, wow, there's something important that's going to be said here and let's go for it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, my husband and I, as far as I know, we have this really weird relationship where we talk about everything all our weird ideas and fantasies and thoughts and things that piss us off and all of that sort of stuff so you know we've been in lockdown for four months in the same house working together with our desks you know in the same room and all this and we can just talk all day long and I think how do we not run out of things to talk about yeah. but we don't um, because we're just so open with each other and that's what makes it such a, a great relationship. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I, yeah, with my fiance, we, <clears throat> we have something similar, but it's more one-sided for the most part at this point, it's more kind of me unloading on her, um, as far as I'll have kind of like an un polished thought or emotion or feeling and i'll just be like i need to tell you something and i don't know what the, what's going to come out and so she'll just like you know we stop and then i just keep going until what i get out comes out and then for some reason i need to repeat it a few times only coming from a different angle because that's i don't mm. know i do that when i argue too it doesn't make any sense you're processing the information <laughs> uh yeah but so we do that she's she's not always like the greatest at it and so it's kind of that's who you are you know is and she was under the impression that those are the things that you're supposed to keep to yourself and that's not what i wanted to hear but in reality like though that's exactly what i wanted to hear you know like i want to know the weird things you know like i don't want to know like what your profile says online you know like mm. the real stuff and so we've, we've been able, you know, to kind of get into that. But my question for you would be, um, I mean, and obviously, you know, you've gone through, you know, numerous occasions of, you know, horrible instances and things like that. But you, you asked a question about being completely honest with your partner. 
is do you think that ever, you're capable of doing that if you don't know what honesty to yourself is or i guess i don't know if i really worded that question correctly but i don't yeah. really i don't know if people actually know what the truth is or if it's what their truth is and then also if because i've been able to trick myself and I'll, i can lie to myself you know mm. so it's yeah i don't really know that made more sense in my head and as you can see these like, <laughs> little like rambling sessions that i do with her don't always go anywhere <laughs> no, i think i know what you're saying look i believe that if it's true to you in that moment then it's your truth it may not be correct but at that moment you believe it's correct and then we can work on ourselves or it kind of unfolds or we have a realization that oh right i told you that i really wanted this but now i've experienced it i really don't like it after all um so you know we learn and grow and our truth can change yeah. um, you know so yeah i think i think sometimes not sometimes, all the times, if we don't allow ourselves to trust ourselves and to, to get to know ourselves, it is very hard. So uh, as an example, someone in their 20s or early 20s when they're just starting out in relationship and, and life, they really don't have a good grasp of everything about who they are yet. They're still learning all of that. But when they're in their late 40s or 50s or 60s, They've had a lot of life experience and now they, they know who they are. They know what they want. So perhaps it gets easier and easier from experience to set clear boundaries, to be open and honest, um, to not put up with shit you don't want to put up with anymore because there's this kind of saying, you know, I'm too old for this. You know, that's mm -hmm. when we really know that our boundaries uh, have been crossed. Yep, no, not doing not doing this anymore. You know, we have a sense of who we are and that, that sense gets stronger and stronger as we get older one of the benefits of getting older right do you feel like there's yeah like the the experience with age thing i feel like there's a lot of validity with that but also how do you what happened so your entire your day-to-day -day basis um from my perspective, obviously, is you deal with uh, people going through breakups um, and mm -hmm. the, in the mind, you know, surrounding that. Um, I completely lost my train of thought during that. And I have no idea what happened right there. Brain is fried. What? No, what were you were? You said something right before I started talking about age and experience getting yes. older. Yes, thank you. So yeah. how does that play into people, let's say that are like entering into like their eighties now, whereas they got married, you know, in their twenties um, and never got divorced, you know, and that was yeah. a pretty common thing. Um, and now we've seen like a big fall off of, you know, of divorce rates and, and things like that. So, I mean, is age and experience really like the key factor in that? um or is that just kind of come like or is that also bringing you know part of your baggage along with it yeah i'm not sure if i'm going to answer this correctly so bear with me well, i've noticed that a lot of people get separated in their 40s and 50s 
uh, you know, they, they reach a kind of a turning point in their life where they start to think, do I want to be old and be with you? And the answer is no. So they end it. But often later than that, like in the 60s, 70s and 80s, they start to go, do I want to die alone? No. So I'd rather stay with you. But also if they've been together this long, hopefully they actually love each other. And older people have a very different idea about relationship than, than younger people. You know, they, what life was like 40 years ago is completely different to what it is now. So they have different values and mm-hmm. different way of doing relationship that works for them. So that's cool. So, you so know, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, that's right, you go. Um, yeah, so I was going to ask, like, so you kind of going from a previous marriage um, and divorce and other relationships, um, let's just say more experience in that. Um, how have you seen the, like, trends change in dating? I, I, like, this is like your field, you know, mm. um, so it's not only personal experience, but also through like your professional work, or is that just a made-up thing that I just came up with, like trends in dating. Cause like right now yeah. I feel like we're in like when I was in college, it almost seemed like everybody was into, you know, like partying and you know, like that whole it you still met people at bars, you know, you still kind of went out and now mm-hmm. everybody's like a hookup culture to where you just swipe right and you're like, all right, cool, I'm gonna go, you know, like hang out with them for an hour and then come back and it's just kind of like diminished everything to where and then you take it way back to where you know you got married you know 21 you know 20 23 you know whatever and that was very average so I mean yeah with Mm. like trends are you kind of seeing how things are going in a positive way in a negative way and then how how did you handle those going from your divorce, you know, into the dating thing? And yeah, the kind of dating ever... definitely has changed. I mean, well, I'm 50, right? So when I got married 30 years ago, yeah, um, nearly, um, there was no internet. Hmm? <laughs> like how, how dramatic has the world changed in the last 20 years? It's crazy. So, of course, things have changed. And with COVID and lockdowns and all of that sort of thing, internet dating has is really the only way people have been able to meet. Uh, Personally, I I find it a bit sad, the whole hookup culture. I mean, sure, people did one-night stands 30 years ago as well, of course. Um, But now it's like people are just looking for that. Well, I'm just going to look for it. Whereas before it was kind of like a chance encounter or whatever it might have been. Right. Um, right. And so kind of it feels to me, and maybe this is my my age, I don't know, but it feels to me that people are disconnecting from themselves with one-night stands. Like there, it, there's no true connection in that. You know, I, I, I read a post the other day, some guy wrote, um, I'm 35 and I have no idea what it means to make love. Is it a real thing? Right, yeah. <laughs> Fortunately, a whole bunch of women wrote on there, yes, yes, it's a real thing. 
and there was lots of advice on the difference between making love and having sex. Um, so it does concern me a bit that people are kind of forgetting what love actually is and they're just going for this sexual release stuff, which is okay, of course, but not over and over and over again for years. I mean, where's the satisfaction in that? Uh, oh, yeah, there is none. No, I did it. Yeah, it's horrible. It's a, it's very shallow. Um, you mm. find yourself alone on holidays. Mm. Um, yeah, no, it's not fun. I mean, like, it's, it's just like drugs. You do it to try to, like, you know, fill that hole in that doesn't have a bottom, you know? Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's not like it's something that you want to do forever. You just don't know it can change. At least that's how I, you know, kind of looked at it. It wasn't, yeah, I didn't even know that it was possible to change. It's just kind of, that's how it was. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's things have changed quite a bit and I don't, I don't know how to. So you said like, so you said, that the man wasn't sure if making love was a real thing. And I wanted to touch on that because I feel like from the perspective that I have or from my lens, that's not allowed um, until you've reached a certain age. So it, it feels like to me, like being a man, you, it's like in your teenage years, no one takes you serious. It doesn't matter what you do. There isn't mm. anybody that's going to take you serious. In your 20s, they expect you to mess up. Um, in your 30s, you're expected to fix everything, um, get your shit together, and kind of have it very stable. You have your family, your career. And then your 40s, I don't know what happened. with. That's when you're an adult. And then life kind of like ends, and you just kind of like pay bills, you know. Um, at least that's what it, it seems to be the timeline um, that's yeah, by yeah. no means going to be my timeline or is my timeline <laughs> so um, many expectations my goodness <laughs> yeah yeah exactly um, <laughs> but the whole the hookup culture is there there's still that narrative of if I go out and I sleep with somebody and I tell a couple of my friends about it you know depending on what she looks like is what the reaction I get. It's, it's a trophy, um, you know, in, in the most brutal way of saying it, you know, it's, it's a trophy. Um, yeah. So whereas like from a woman's perspective, it has now almost, it seems as if it's expected almost to where you can you're not even like expected to go on dates you know it's like women really seem like they've fully bought in to the hookup culture they've just completely Mm -hmm. given up on on everything um and to be in love you know or to like show affection or to make love is for old people and corny um whereas kind of like doing your own thing and grinding you know and like everybody wants to like work hard and hustle and you know 20 hour days and four hour sleep and 
do everything for yourself and then it just kind of leads into that and it's diminished what relationships even mean to where i don't even know if we as a society at least in my country really know what a true relationship is Mm, that's really sad yeah yeah Yeah, it is because men are missing out if that's the way they think because making love is about that's almost well definitely it's about a heart-to-heart connection but it's also it can be like a spiritual experience and just you know bumping bodies that's 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 great to some point but there's so much more to it and um you know listening to the way you you describe the expectations of men and I, I think that just really points out very clearly the differences between men and women because women kind of mature sooner in in terms of you know their late 20s they're really starting to wind down a little bit and and knuckle down into what they want for their lives and <clears throat> expectations and children and all that but i guess their hormones have something to do with that as well yeah but, <laughs> yeah but if young, young men don't give themselves the opportunity to feel what making love is then they're just seriously missing out i think a big reason for that um is how we perceive women to talk and think about us. Um, so, again, I'm trying to figure out how to voice this without sounding like I'm talking to one of my friends in the locker room. Um, <laughs> yeah, like okay. if you, so if you if you sleep with the, with a woman um, or you know, man, whatever the thing is now. Um, uh it feels like you're being judged as a man if it definitely feels like we are not allowed to like let ourselves go and feel emotion when we're in a bedroom it feels like it is that the bed is a stage and Mm. we now have to perform especially definitely early on in the relationship it's That's almost true. it's almost yeah it's almost like a given the first one is yeah. <laughs> and then and then after that you're judged yeah. um and so the whole making love thing is it's not the same thing you know like uh-huh. anybody that says that they've never done it it's not the same thing but it's it takes realizing that it's not the same thing to to do that and yeah. I think there's a big cultural shift to where like it's it's a performance, you know, and like we and it's like, oh yeah. well, you know, and if it if the relationship doesn't go well, you know, every guy's afraid of like, you know, the the little penis jokes or the you're bad in bed in front of your friends, and you know, like all of like these these things that kind of prevent us from actually opening up and showing these emotion. Um mm because and you know maybe it is from like carrying that baggage you know and and i know there's men out there that that don't do that yeah Uh, they're probably just better men than i am i don't know um the funny the funny thing is if if a guy can get past that sense of being judged and truly be himself be a little bit vulnerable be open to really feeling his partner 
whether it be another man or another woman, doesn't matter, just really feeling into your partner, the sex will be so much better. And then it actually doesn't matter really about, you know, the size of his penis or, or his performance because the connection is what makes the sex amazing. I, yeah, I, I believe you, but I would also say porn has ruined relationships. And that, Oh, yes, and that, I've been dying like, to say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Because porn is so fake and so many people, especially if they're starting to watch it as teenagers, oh, think yeah. that that's what sex is. And for some reason, people forget that there's outtakes and there's cuts and there's, um, I can't remember what they call them, um, oh, it's a know, movie. There's, it's there's, edited. It's yeah. There's like there's a fake, script and everything. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's fake cum shots and there's you know body extras and doubles and you know there's all of that makeup and um, you know a five minute scene might take two hours to film. Ah, well, just yeah. it just really gets on my nerves that people think that porn is always real and that's what people want and. It also, there, I don't know if you know, there, there is a difference between porn that men watch and there, there is some porn that's created just for women. And the women's porn always starts off slow, slower, <laughs> you know, than, than this, you know, I'm, a, I'm ready and I'm available, let's go. Like, that's just not how life works. Yeah, I feel like that's why <laughs> women have books. You yeah. Guys have, yeah, you guys have those because you, you like the drawn out process to where men are just drug addicts we just want that fix whatever <laughs> whatever but not do. not all men not all men i have had many male clients True. who are stuck with this stereotype of i should be this and they're not where in fact the women and the men have swapped roles you know the the kind of stereotypical roles where it's the woman who wants the sex and the man's like no man i need some emotional contact with you um and then there's this whole, oh, my God, what's wrong with me thing. But for all the guys listening out there, if, if you're more like the stereotypical woman, that's fine. You're normal. Don't worry about it. Yeah, we're still not going to believe you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, just because it's the Internet and we have microphones, that doesn't make it real. Like, no. what, like you're trying to appeal to an audience who... I feel like most guys or most males at this point have started watching porn around 11. I, oh I God, that's I tragic. Bet, I would bet. Yeah. I think the first time that I even knew what it was, it was around like 11 or 12, you know, like you start hearing jokes, but you have no idea what they mean. You're just expected to know what they mean. Um, yeah. it's, it's just all these expectations. You really have no idea what you're doing and growing up as like a 13 year old boy is one of the most confusing periods of, I mean, speaking of periods, you know, being a woman growing up, that's gotta be extremely confusing as well. But I mean, like <laughs> to have, to have sex literally be thrown in our face and, you know, like mm. there's a computer right here within five seconds, I could be watching porn, you know, to yeah. have that availability it ruins sex it makes it Absolutely. so so it's literally just oh i don't like this one next 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 okay this one works cool you know and it, that's but what does that works. remind you of the swipe culture oh i don't oh, like this exactly. one next 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 yeah yeah exactly yeah it's 
it's something that I don't think is going away anytime soon. It right. just, and again, you know, this is another whole topic. This is another whole hour of, of a podcast talking about porn. Oh, and, yeah. And yeah, there's so. tons of them. The thing that I was like, there's so many things that I could talk to you about. Um, clearly, we've hit on like 400 different subjects. Um, <laughs> how you get into your field, we've briefly touched about it. Um, but one of us, and it definitely was not this guy, um, was in a pretty big magazine. Um, and like by pretty big, I mean physically, you know, pretty big and uh, kind of like the distribution. You mean a, this one? <laughs> I do mean that one. Yeah. How do you, how do you go from, you know, kind of like your experience to your career to now you're in, and you're not just like in the magazine, like a little like clip, like they gave you half the book, like you open up <laughs> the whole thing and you're just like, you're all yeah. over the place. So how do you go from like that? And then what comes with that? Um, oh, geez, that's a really good question. So I've got six pages, which is nice. Um, and uh, if anyone would like to check it out, it's called Feminescence. And you can get a, a digital copy for five Australian dollars, which is less dollars, um, feminescence.com.au slash shop. And um, then you can find out a little bit more about me. And I have a 20% off offer for coaching if anyone, you know, is interested in checking that out. Uh, I, you know, how did I come across this? Facebook. Actually, really? the editor of the magazine saw me on Facebook. She she liked my profile photo of all things. Then she asked to uh, be friends with me on Facebook, and I said yes. And we started talking, and next thing you know, I'm in the magazine. So that's really? pretty cool. Really? Uh, and from that, uh, I have now recorded a TEDx talk, which um, is all about men's mental health. That will be released in a couple of weeks i hope so yeah i guess it's it's kind of like one thing leads to another leads to another just like just like in life you know when we when we're open we trust our intuition we say yes to things that are good for us instead of no more and more happens more and more great things happen when we believe in ourselves and we keep on trusting the universe oh yeah oh, no. have mm. you so I guess you're the magazine. Um, congratulations, by the way. That's that really is pretty amazing. It is cool. It's a, it's a feminescence magazine, um, and the cover of it makes me think feminine, obvious. Um, yes. But you specialize in breakups with men. Is there? Yes. Have you tried going down that same avenue? only in like a male dominated category of uh, like literature or magazines or kind of like how how do we find you I guess and we yeah. I'm speaking for the entire male community because okay. you don't exist we're alone okay. <laughs> and, oh, and that's so sad you're not alone you're not alone and I know other people who do exactly what I do so um, if, if anyone's out there and they want to work with a male coach I can very easily hook you up with a male because some guys would prefer to work with a man and I'm very happy to refer you to 
one of my colleagues who happens to also be a psychologist and works with men and dads. Uh, and we just by chance met each other. But anyway, if you want to find me, I'm on Instagram um, as at the transformational breakup. Um, since working on this magazine, I have actually extended my services to working with women, which is great as well. So um, I still love working with men, but I realised I actually love working with women too. Um, and, and that's great. So at the Transformational Broke Up on Instagram, I'm on LinkedIn and Facebook. Um, I have also got a, a very new support group, which is called, um, oh my gosh, I forgot what my support group's called. We'll just forget about that for now. Divorce and a little bit of hope, something along those lines. <laughs> it's only very brand new and I don't post very much in there. But look, I don't do a lot of social media because I'm busy. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I'm really happy to, I, I would much rather be working with my clients than spending time on social media. And, um, you know, even if I've got a VA, you still got to tell the VA what to do, right? So I'm like, oh, I just see my clients. <laughs> I kind of think if I'm if I'm really quiet, then I have lots of time for social media. Um, but I would still love to connect with anyone and um, you know have a chat to them. I'm, I'm, I've, I make myself available for people who reach out, and I always respond personally to people who send me messages um, because it's important. And and after a breakup, people go through absolute hell, and I would never ignore people you know unless they're being blatantly rude or um, disgusting which you know sometimes have marriage proposals those kind of things I, I ignore that's my boundaries <laughs> but you know if someone's genuinely reaching out and asking for help then I will help them they can also for the guys I don't have this for the girls for the guys I have a uh, free webinar goes for one hour on my website which is leannekansler.com and that just talks about the stages of divorce and breakups and um, some tips on how to cope with that. And, um, you know, the guys who have watched that have all given me some pretty good feedback. So um, that's free. You don't have to pay anything for that. You don't have to book an appointment with me or anything like that. You can just go onto the website and, and have a look at that. And hopefully that will help you out. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, I have, I have one more question. And then we get you out of here. Um, okay. My biggest question, I guess, for right now, I could come up with 500 other ones, especially for you. I feel like we could do 20 of these and never stop talking. Um, how different is the breakup between the sexes? So it, I've taken breakups pretty bad in the past. Um, and it, it definitely seems like men have them worse. Um, I've seen breakups on both sides, you know, having, having friends of both sexes, uh, being a part of them on both sides. Um, it definitely seems like women, you guys are savages. Um, women, women, you have this innate ability to mask pain, um, and put it off as this, you do not care. Like you mm. can project the, I'm done with you, even if you're not. You know, even if like you still hope we get our shit together and you can take us back, it doesn't look like that. And women are very good at that. Whereas we as men, we crumble. And like there's there 
are plenty of men who like in me being one of them i've just completely melted and had to rebuild after a breakup is that Mm. just me um or am i seeing breakups differently you know are they pretty even or how would what would you say in this this scenario yeah so i've absolutely seen women feel exactly the same way that you feel and wonder why men are so cold and he doesn't seem to care and all of that sort of thing. Um, So women absolutely crumble as well. One of the reasons that men find it more difficult is because often they don't see the signs. So, you know, there's kind of a thing where women will say, I'm done, I've had enough, you're not listening to me, and the man will go, okay, yeah, she's good. It's not a problem. We're fine. And then one day it's not fine and he he's like blindsided. He just doesn't, he just didn't see it. Um, even though she claims, I was telling you, I've been telling you for three years I'm not happy, but, you know, he just doesn't, didn't see it. So that feeling of being blindsided can lead to a sense of shock, you know, dismay, where, what happened, what's wrong with me, all of that sort of stuff. The other advantage of being a woman when it comes to a breakup is that women talk. Women will talk to their friends, their family, anyone who will listen, a therapist. Mm -hmm. Men often shut down or um, their mates will say, come on, let's let's go, we'll go to the pub and we'll we'll hook you up. Well, a hookup (laughs) is a nice temporary fix, but it doesn't solve the problem and it doesn't, you're not validated you're not understood, you're kind of left alone to wallow in your own grief all by yourself, which is terrible. Whereas women kind of rally together, hey, baby, how are you going? Can I buy you some flowers? Let's go out for dinner. Um, do you need something? Whereas men, no, you can handle that on your own unless you have some really good female friends who might come along. I'm, I'm really hoping that, that this is changing, you know, a bit idealistic I don't think it is but I'm hoping that men are starting to support each other and and go okay buddy you know I can see you're on the floor in pain here what can I do for you I don't think it happens very often it would be nice if it did And, and that's why I decided to work with men because a lot of female coaches will only work with women I love working with men men are really cool men are nice to talk to men are when you, when you really start giving them the space to be honest, they just whew, open up. It's, it's a privilege and it's an honour. It's an honour to, to, it's going to sound weird, but it's an honour to make a guy cry for the very first time and for him to go, oh, my God, I've, I've never cried and that felt bloody awesome. Thank you so much for hearing me. You know, that is so powerful and, and such an honour to, to help guys find their heart you know it's it's a beautiful thing well hopefully you can keep fixing more of us so that way we can teach each other because as of right now we're basically a bunch of like bald apes walking around like neanderthals banging sticks against rocks hoping we can figure something out we're not that bad (laughs) (laughs) we're not that bad but yeah we we definitely could use some help yeah, yeah that's just can... an image underneath all of that you guys have got just as much heart as women you have just as much an emotional response as women you have the capacity as women do 
You just don't know it yet. Yeah. No, I think we know it. We're, we're afraid of telling you. We're afraid of, of showing yeah. you. It's, it's not allowed. So. It is allowed. It is allowed. All right. I'll, I'll start <laughs> telling guys that it's allowed. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, yeah. All right, cool. It's uh it's been an honor and a pleasure talking with you. I'm sure we're gonna keep up and you know this bullshit back and forth as friends. Um yeah, I think it's I ever, yeah, definitely. And if I ever get a chance to talk to you again, I'm definitely gonna take you up on it. Um, I'm gonna go to your website and check this, check everything out. Um <coughs> excuse me, and then I implore all of my listeners to do the same. Uh check out the magazine. There's a 20% code you said, correct? Yeah. Yep, right. a little barcode people can scan. Um, and even if it's not for you, if you have any family or friends who are really struggling, um, happy for you to introduce them to me and I will do my best to help them out. Yeah. So basically what we're trying to say is if you're listening to this, you are or you know a man. That's facts. And if they've gone through a breakup, now you have an answer on how to fix it. You send them to Leanne and she will be able to, uh, to assist you. And uh, I think I'm going to send you my buddy, Tom. So... <laughs> no, I love you, Tom. You're amazing. <laughs> so... Thank you so much, Rob. It's been amazing talking to you. And um, I hope that your listeners enjoyed our conversation as much as we did. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, I'm sure they did. Um, so if I have any feedback and you're forced to come back on, I apologize, but we went all okay. over the place and who knows what will happen in the future. So it was, a, it was a pleasure again and thanks for coming on. Thank you so much. And there you go, folks. There you go. We have it. We've got another episode in the books. Leanne and I have become friends, and so I want to thank her for coming on the show, uh, expressing her vulnerabilities throughout her life, sharing her experience, and also her knowledge uh, in the field of breakups, along with just sharing her stories and allowing me to bounce some questions off of her and just have a really good conversation. So if you could, please go ahead and follow Leanne on all of her social media platforms as well as myself. That'd be great. Also, if you could like this podcast, review it on whatever platform you're listening to and comment. I am curious what platform you're listening to this on and if there are any other subjects that you'd like for me to cover. Uh, that's going to be it for today, guys. I got a lot going on. And again, I apologize for not putting these out more frequently. I need to. These conversations are amazing, and I'm sorry if it's disrespectful for not getting these out sooner. I do not have any excuses. This is 100% my fault, and apparently I cannot talk. So there you have it, guys. I will get more of these out, I promise, uh, especially coming up soon. And I would like to thank Ian again for the great conversation that I had. And please continue to listen, rate, review, and comment. I appreciate you guys. 